My brothers and sisters in the Lord, many of you at one point in your life may have heard of the little story of the man who was on his deathbed. And the gentleman had lived a very sinful life, a life filled with debauchery. He was baptized a Catholic, but he had turned away from God. All that mattered to him was his work, his business. He was an insurance salesman and doing what he wanted, what he wanted, and allowing himself to enjoy all the pleasures, quote unquote, of the world. Well, now he was on his deathbed. And his family and friends were there, and they wanted him to convert. They wanted him to repent. They wanted a deathbed confession. And so they called for the local priest. And the priest came over, and he went into the bedroom. And for the next hour, the family waited. And they waited, and they waited. And the priest finally came out. And the priest said to the family, I have both good news and bad news. The bad news is your husband, your father, he didn't convert. He didn't confess. The good news is that I now have life insurance. <laughs> you see, my brothers and sisters, do we really believe in deathbed confessions? Do we really believe that a person can live a sinful life, can turn away from God, and even at the last moment when they're on their deathbed, have a conversion experience, repent of their sins, and praise God, enjoy the glory of the kingdom? Do we really believe in that? Well, if you listen to the parable today, the answer, my friends, is yes, absolutely because of the abundant grace and mercy of our God, which is unfathomable to our human mind. Notice how Jesus begins this parable. The kingdom of God is life. And he tells the story. And this is a story that would be familiar to the people of the time. The landowner, and of course the landowner is God. The landowner goes to the marketplace in order to hire day laborers to go out into the vineyard. And so he starts at 6 a.m. And at the time of Jesus, that was usually the time work began. There was no 9 to 5 deal. It was 6 a.m. So at 6 a.m., he hires some of those laborers and he sends them to the vineyard. He returns at 9 and he sees others standing around because they have no work, so he sends them. And the same thing happens at 12 noon, and at 3 o'clock, and at 5 o'clock. And quitting time was usually around 6 p.m. And so after 6 p.m. was reached, he told his foreman, collect all the day laborers, line them up, and give them their pay, which we have agreed upon. And the foreman begins with those who started at 5 o'clock. They worked only one hour. And they received the full day's wage. I'm sure they were very excited. And I'm sure the people who were down here, who started at 6 o'clock, their eyes opened like this. Because they thought, well, they got the full day's wage. 
I'm going to get time and a half. I'm going to get a big bonus, more than just a Christmas hang. And what did they receive? They received the normal day's wage. And they were infuriated. They were angry. They were envious. They were mad. And because of our fallen human nature, they made it known as they grumbled to the landowner. And what does he say to them? He says, I paid you what we agreed upon, the normal day's wage. Am I not free to do what I want with my money? Am I not free to be generous? You see, my brothers and sisters, oftentimes, as a people of God, especially for those of us who were baptized Catholic, those of us who grew up in the faith, those of us who have strived and struggled each and every day to be faithful in the vineyard, we're like those 6 a.m. workers. And oftentimes, when someone comes along at 5 p.m. and they think they're going to inherit the kingdom, it starts to ruffle our feathers a little bit. We get a little agitated. How can this be? They started late. I know God is a God of love and mercy, but come on, fair is fair. And all of these things are running through our mind. It's the same thing with the deathbed confession. The whole notion of conversion and repentance. But you see, my brothers and sisters, what troubles me often more than the answer to that question about whether or not we believe in deathbed confessions and conversions, what troubles more than the answer is the question itself, that we even ask the question. And we know in our heart, oftentimes, that we do in various situations. Because when we ask that question, my brothers and sisters, because we've been in the vineyard since 6 o'clock and someone's going to come along at 5, what we're basically saying to ourselves is that our life of faith, it's not worth it. I mean, I've strived and I've struggled, and this person has done what they wanted. What we're saying to ourselves, my brothers and sisters, is our faith is more of a burden to us than it is a blessing. And when we feel that our faith is more of a burden, our faith becomes very stagnant and stale because we're going through the motions, we're doing what we're supposed to do. But when our faith is a blessing to us, then we're not carrying this heavy burden. We're delighted to walk with Jesus each and every day. We're delighted that we have a personal relationship with him. We're delighted that we come to receive the sacraments. We're delighted that we meditate on the word of God, which gives us life and strength and perseverance and courage. We're not comparing ourselves. We're not talking about what is fair. We're delighted and we praise God that we've known him for so long. That's when faith is a blessing and not a burden. Because when it's a burden, my brothers and sisters, yes, we do what we're supposed to do. Jesus says, pick up my cross, you know, and I pick up my cross. And everybody else knows I picked up my cross. Because I told everybody. And everybody knows my cross is heavy. But I've done it. 
That's the burden. But we don't see it as the blessing. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, when we see faith as a blessing, even in our suffering, we know that suffering is the thread which weaves the fabric of joy. Suffering is the thread that weaves the fabric of joy. And for the world, that doesn't make sense. But for those who believe, it changes lives. Do we even ask the question? And if we do, is it because maybe our faith has become stagnant? Another reason that question is concerning, my brothers and sisters, is Jesus reminds us in the parable, is certainly in many parts of the gospel, Jesus speaks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, the prodigal son. And if you read any of those parables, those stories that Jesus tells, what is always at the end? When the lost is found, there is rejoicing. The father rejoices when the younger son returns. Jesus says, who having a hundred sheep and losing one doesn't leave the 99 and go search for the one and when he finds it, puts it on its shoulders and says to his neighbors, rejoice with me because the one who is lost has been found. My brothers and sisters, when individuals come to the faith, no matter what they have done in the past, no matter what their sinfulness may have been, no matter even if that has caused damage in our own lives, do we rejoice because of that conversion? And we are instruments to lead others to conversion each and every day. Some of you may have seen the motion picture Amadeus. Amadeus is a movie that was based on the life of Mozart. Well, those of you who know about the life of Mozart knows there's another central character that appears in the movie, but also in Mozart's life. It was another composer by the name of Antonio Celery. Antonio Celery. If I'm pronouncing the last name a little incorrectly, forgive me. But Antonio was on the world stage before Mozart. And Antonio was a great composer. In fact, his prayer was that, God, I will be faithful to you if you allow me to compose beautiful music. And his prayer was answered. He was the composer for the emperor's court, the royal composer. And he was going on and living his life until all of a sudden, a boy by the name of Mozart entered the world stage. And as soon as Antonio heard Mozart play, he knew immediately that Mozart had a greater gift than he did. And if you read about the story, Antonio becomes so angry and so jealous that he spends the rest of his life trying to destroy Mozart. And the movie ends in sort of a tragedy because we see what envy and jealousy does to a person. My brothers and sisters, if we're in the vineyard at 6 a.m. and someone comes at 5, are we envious and jealous and mad? 
Or do we rejoice because they have found the Lord? No matter what time of day it is or what time in their life, the sooner certainly the better. But we don't carry that envy and jealousy which tears down our own heart. And finally, my brothers and sisters, we are reminded that there is a primary concern of the Lord. And the primary concern of our God is the salvation of our eternal souls. And so he's always seeking. He's always inviting. And praise God, we respond. Because as Scripture reminds us, the Lord came into the world so that no one may be lost. That's his desire. That's the desire of his heart. At the priest convocation, Bishop Flores, who was the Bishop of Brownsville, Texas, said something interesting. There is one thing God cannot say. There is one thing God can never say. And God can never say to anyone, your problems, your issues do not matter to me. God can't say that. Because we are created in the image and likeness of God. We are the children of God. He could never say that to any of us. But how often do we say it to others? I remember not too long ago I was visiting a family, a husband and a wife. And I was going over for dinner. And when I walked in, they had a dog. His name was Pete. They called him Old Pete, and Old Pete was really, really old. I mean, the poor dog was just kind of shuffling around. And then during the conversation, they had said, yes, we thought about maybe giving Old Pete away, or maybe it's time for, you know, Old Pete not to continue on because he just kind of shuffles along, and we have to take care of him, and, you know, it's a lot to do. They said, but every time we think about that, we don't think of him as really old Pete because he's really our son's dog and their son's name is Mike. So when we think about old Pete, we really think about Mike's dog. When we see him, it's Mike's dog. And Mike is off at college. And we couldn't bear Mike coming home and saying, where is old Pete? And we say to him, oh, we got rid of him. Too much work, too much effort. It's Mike's dog. My brothers and sisters, could you imagine an angel in heaven looking down at us and saying, these people are just too much work, too many problems, too many headaches, too many need. But God says, they're my people. I love them. Even with all their sinfulness and ugliness and distortions. You see, my friends, the Lord calls us into the vineyard. Hopefully we respond with joy each and every day. And sometimes we all respond at various times and various levels and at various situations in our life. But if our faith means anything to us, then we rejoice when other people come to know and love the Lord Jesus for their salvation, for our salvation, and for the conversion 
of the world.